0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
1: I'm Tamara Thomas, editor-in-chief of urbanhealthtoday.com, part of the Gakwar family of medical news sites, and I want to thank you for tuning in to Urban Health Weekly. Our goal each week is to keep you informed of the latest in health and medical news right from today's headlines. It's time to empower yourself with open conversations about your medical care with news that matters to you. So are you ready? Let's get started. Hi, I'm Tamara Thomas and welcome to Urban Health Weekly where we talk about medical news and health topics that matter to you. So I'm here with Lou and Jackie. How are you? Good. Hey
2: guys. What's up?
3: All good. All good over here. Raring to go. We got lots of news today.
2: Lots of news? Before we get
1: started, I just kind of want to tell you guys something crazy that happened this week. I saw a spotted lanternfly in my backyard.
2: Are you familiar? Do you do you? Oh, yes. See it and stomp it in New Jersey. That's how it works. See it and stomp it.
3: What I heard, she took off her shoe, but uh, I, I, took I off shoe.
2: <laughs>
1: it was, it was on my, I, I grow like, I have like grapevines in my backyard. They were
2: all the way over there.
1: I was shocked that they were so far. I, I like audibly gasped because I couldn't believe that I was seeing a spotted lantern fly in Brooklyn.
2: Wow. They're <laughs> determined. There's plenty out here. They're beautiful. They're actually great looking and horrible. Yeah. Well, very distinct looking and yes. I just
1: instinctively, I just went, oh, and I took off my shoe and I went <laughs> I Find the body, so I don't know if I succeeded, but I really gave it my all, just giving it like one, you know, big, you know, hit. So Good for you. Crossing my fingers, I hope that I, I kill it because I don't want it mating and like bringing other
2: boys to the yard. Spotted lantern yeah. flies. the yard, yeah. exactly. <laughs> that's the only one you've seen just that one
1: well I just saw that one I haven't really spent that much time in the backyard but I was out there because like my dogs go back there and they hang out yeah you know throw like a little toy around for them and stuff like that sometimes and I was just looking because they were like because I had a bumper crop of grapes and then I was
2: oh uh, delicious
1: yeah they they are very delicious I was just looking to see if any new grapes came in and there were some new grapes and then next thing I looked up and uh it was a darn fly so
2: it's just so weird it's gone now
1: I don't know I hope so I'm crossing <laughs> my fingers. I was looking around on the ground for the
2: body do you feel a crunch uh I
1: didn't hear a crunch <laughs> I don't know I don't know if I got it it may have flown away I thought I gave it a pretty good hit but I don't know I didn't see a body so I can't really confirm well <laughs>
3: very least.
1: Let's hope. <laughs> Let's hope they're not stubborn. You were telling me, Lou, that you heard something interesting in the news.
3: About what? About uh, the flies?
1: Not the flies about um
3: oh today. Yeah about oh, well uh, um it's it's so breaking that it that it ain't even broke yet. But do uh, do do do. That's right. <laughs> uh, Moderna and Pfizer are um, suing each other, it seems. Oh, they're uh,
1: counter-suing? Well, they're
2: going at it?
3: Yeah, they're going at it. It seems that um, Moderna's upset with Pfizer. Uh, well, it starts with Moderna being upset with Pfizer, uh, that uh, the code uh, for the vaccine uh, or the secret sources, I call it the McDonald's secret sauce, uh, <laughs> was kind of borrowed. Um, you know, shades of Samsung and Apple. Uh, really we're so going at it right now pfizer's just denying it right wow. now but i'm sure they'll count the suit within within hours
1: also oh, they haven't counted suit. not yet
3: so, okay. not yet that, that when one...
2: are they alleging it took place like right at the get-go or is this the latest
3: they said they uh copied uh, they copied uh, the, the whole copied... mrna yeah the whole mrna but you well, know how
2: in the devil did they get it did they hire someone away industrial from... espionage
3: well, it's industrial espionage. But, you know, something interesting also happened this week. Um, uh, you know, it's that, somewhat related, but isn't related. Um, you know, Biden uh, signed a law that says that all uh, scientific information now has to be open access oh. uh, in, terms, in terms of scientific journals. So if you publish oh, a wow. study, so if you publish a study that's using U.S. funding, so if the NIH does a study and you publish it, uh-huh. it has to be open access for everybody to look at. You can't hide it behind the paywall.
1: Okay, that's
2: good.
3: Yeah. So, you know, I didn't
2: know it wasn't already open access. I didn't know that. I thought once it was published in a journal, well, well there, there have
1: been there, the fight has been going on a long time. Okay. And there have been some, some suits that were unsuccessful in maintaining their paywall. So mm-hmm. that may be what you've been seeing.
2: Oh. There's,
3: there's pockets Germany, here and there. Germany, yes. there's, there's entire countries. Uh, Germany, most of Scandinavia have all passed laws that say that, hey, if they sponsored it, it can't be behind the paywall. And it doesn't, really what it means is like, you know, like if you're ever on Twitter or whatever, Facebook, and you go on an article, And you start reading it, and then after like a paragraph, it says, "If you want to really read this article," oh
2: yeah, all the time. uh,
3: Even if it's for a dollar, you know, but but subscribe, blah blah blah. Um, Scientific publishing is doing the same thing, and they have every right to do that. However, if it's if it's government sponsored research, Uh
1: aha, yes, that's what I'm agreeing to. So those
3: articles, those articles need to be uh, open access uh the the previously with the um informally all the scientific publishers kind of got together let's not call it antitrust because uh a
2: little trusting okay all right
3: well the big ones are uh blackwell springer Verlag, um el and Livingcott, williams and wilkins and none of those also known as lww none of those are u.s based so have to follow u.s laws where <laughs> this does affect oh,
2: wait. they do or do not you yeah. may not yeah Maybe. oh
3: but if you have a u.s ip they do uh oh. so so it's kind of ip generated so if you're in germany and you're looking up an Elsevier content you may see a different result than if you're in the united states anyway
2: oh.
3: um getting back to what's happening with moderna and pfizer if something is done via the pharmaceutical company without government funds it is basically their property and their business and they're free to publish it keep it as a trade secret blah 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 you know industrial espionage rules reign supreme mhm if the government paid you, and if you remember, there was that whole operation, whatever, uh,
1: right, to get the uh, research speed. as quickly. Ah, operation work Speed. That's warp right. Warp
3: Speed, where these companies did take money. mm
0: mm-hmm. ah.
3: This may get a little. This may get a little fuzzy, and I'm I'm just saying it only broke today. But let's just see how fuzzy this gets, because if that research was yeah. done with U.S. Uh, with U.S. funding, then. That doesn't mean that the patent is not is not good. You can still own the patent, but the information is widely available. So, you know, take that one and people and, and, and put take it in. Take that area.
1: in your IP and <laughs> Take <laughs> that in your
3: IP. It doesn't really mean a lot. Um, Download it. <laughs>
1: it, 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 it <laughs> and share it amongst your friends. About file to violate site.
3: the holy order of our show. But as long as we're talking about Pfizer and Moderna, you know, there is uh, that uh, the new uh, vaccine will be coming out. Oh, yeah. 12th.
2: I was curious to know when that's going to happen.
3: September 12th. Okay. It's going to be made uh, available to the public, just like the old vaccines. The only difference is...
1: Are they still stopping people under 50 from getting 12th. it? Twelve. Oh, okay. The new age limit. Ah. Oh.
3: Okay. See, that means my little one can't. Mu yeah, age limit is twelve. That it, sucks. It does have a new secret sauce that uh that does incorporate the BA five. Uh, so the BA five is uh mm-hmm. somehow in there that mm-hmm. protects again. It protects more against Omicron, which mm. the other ones never did. Uh, so it has all the latest variants, which okay, suspiciously becoming like your annual flu. So
2: what was it again? Is it six months between like boosters?
3: yeah is it six months you have to have at least six months and i know i i have mine i think in april i gotta look at my okay card because new york i
1: didn't get one
2: uh Uh, my kid got got the booster
1: i I, I didn't get a second booster
2: oh okay my kid got the first booster in january so he'll be eligible okay
1: yeah Yeah, my little one she got her first booster i think it was the end of it was june Yeah. yeah so so she's good for now, but I'm, you know, I'm waiting for them to open this up, but they haven't done any, um, they haven't done any, um, any trials on this one. They're just like going yeah, ham. Like,
3: I, yes. And no, I think they haven't done trials.
1: any, they have, done, I, they have I, not it, done trials. It, 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 basically we're just saying, okay, since you've had such a good track record, we're going to trust you. So dig this, a man lost his ability to walk after a uh, vitamin B6 overuse.
3: Oh my God.
2: Yeah, how did he do that?
1: A man in Australia lost his ability to walk after consuming 70 times the recommended daily dose of vitamin B6. The 86-year-old man had previously been active and lived independently until a blood test revealed he had a slight deficiency in vitamin B6. He didn't have any symptoms of poor health, but his doctor prescribed a 50-milligram vitamin B6 supplement to his levels. Vitamin B6, like other B vitamins, helps the body convert food into energy by breaking down carbs and protein. Research suggests it can help the body's immune system and certain brain functions. Now, keep in mind, the gentleman was 86 years old. Ah. 50 milligrams is much higher than the standard dose recommendation in both Australia and the U.S., which is 1.7 milligrams of vitamin B6 per day for men over 50. In fact, most people should get enough B6 through eating standard foods like chicken, potatoes, or even spaghetti sauce. Time out, though. Time out. Today's food does not have the nutritional value it once had. Well, maybe in Australia. It might be different because they don't go by the same low standards that we have here. But usually, you know, industrial food production really significantly cuts the- um, What is it? Sap
2: it out? Saps out the nutrients? Absolutely.
1: Yeah, because if you're if you're eating the, um, the the chicken, the chicken feed is not going to be as, as nutritious as it once was, right? If you're having the 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 tomato sauce, the spaghetti sauce, that's those tomatoes are not going to be as nutritious as they were 50 years ago. Same wow. with potatoes. So yeah, you'll get some some B6, but but again, I don't know what the standards are in Australia, so I can't really say for, for certain that it's the same deal as here. The new high-dose multivitamin wasn't the only B6 in the man's diet. He was also taking a magnesium supplement, which contained B6, and he ate breakfast cereals fortified with B6. Within months, he started losing the feeling in his legs and eventually went to the hospital as he could no longer walk. Dang. As the wellness industry expands and demand for dietary supplements increase, more Americans are falling ill due to taking too many vitamins or supplements. The number of calls to poison control centers about kids who took too much melatonin rose by 530% in the past decade. Preventive care experts say vitamin A supplements cause more harm than good, as taking too many can lead to bone pain and hair loss. Most Americans are not deficient in B6, thanks to naturally occurring B6 in a variety of common foods, according to Harvard Medical School. Certain medical conditions like alcohol dependency and autoimmune disorders can make individuals more susceptible to a vitamin B deficiency, but deficiency in vitamin uh, deficiency in the vitamin can cause inflamed skin, a weakened immune system and depression nerve damage from B6 overdose is rare. According to the American Academy of Neurology, as a water-soluble nutrient typically gets peed out when taken in excess. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought that that. that I wonder if this happened. guy
2: wasn't able, because of his age or some complication, couldn't pee it out. Yeah, I, wonder. I think he
1: wasn't adequately adequately getting rid of the B6 because you know when you're that age, you know things just don't work as efficiently. Um, but again, this goes back to medical doctors not having a background in nutrition. Ah. I mean. I, dip in your vitamin B, but he didn't have any symptoms. It's not like he came in presenting with like super dry skin or, you know, some other kind of illness. Like he was fine. He had no, no issues. Um, I think he should have just told him to, you know, just up his, you know, his nutrients or whatever, and come back in three months and we'll check your B again. But again, that's what happens when medical schools cut out the nutrition part of the curriculum?
3: Well, I, I, you know, again, I'm going to kind of at the
1: down. very least, he should have been referred. I, I He felt
3: so concerned. Okay, if your doctor tells you you're deficient in iron, do you eat an anvil? Uh, I I mean, no. Day, this oh, you're was,
1: saying that he gave him way too much. The
3: guy took seventy times what he was supposed to take. Yeah. I, I mean.
1: No, he was no, he was instructed to take seventy times 70 so what he times. Okay,
3: yeah. well, if he was instructed, then there's yeah. a malpractice there. The doctor they,
1: prescribed they, they,
3: it, and and I, I believe there's idiocy there, uh, because. <laughs> We've got so much research that shows that mega doses of vitamins A don't work. And Any vitamins, kill you.
1: yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, you, you know, you have to drink like, you know, Lake Erie worth of water just to get it out of your system. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So, so it's it's bad, bad news.
1: Yeah, that's so it's really sad. Well, hmm.
3: no folks, now you know. Maybe take a little bit more than the USDA, but stop it. Stop it at a reasonable number.
1: Yeah, see, I'm reading here. B complex vitamins are essential for functioning of the nervous system, and supplementation is generally generally well tolerated, although rare excess pyroxide can lead to a paradoxical neurotoxicity, resulting in irreversible sensory neuropathy.
2: That's awful. That
1: is awful. You know, I didn't
2: know that there were kids who were taking too much melatonin. That that was up by 530 percent.
1: I've been reading that I've been reading that. Well, you know what's happening is that kids are overstimulated, you know. Yeah,
2: I'm sure parents are just like, "Take this and go to sleep already."
1: Right, exactly. Kid, you know, between the food supply being what it is and kids everywhere you turn have some device, you know, kids are just not going to bed uh, at the time they used to go to bed. That that whole that
2: Oh, that's a big dinner. deal in our house. It's hard. Same it's here. It's hard.
1: That Kirkadian Yeah. Rhythm, just completely off, you know, and then, um, you know, you, you're desperate to get your kid to go to bed and you give them a little melatonin to like, help them go to sleep, you know, at a decent hour.
2: Yeah. You know? I saw in the, in an article where it talked about the, the, um, the overdosing of melatonin, they talked about, um, that it was especially in young boys and i'm thinking i could just see those young boys bouncing off the walls and the parents being like oh my god i'm so tired please just go to sleep yeah i could just see it
1: not just boys that's me every night you have
2: to go- yeah <laughs> <laughs> why do i have to go to bed because it's bedtime well why because i'm not tired but I-, I promise i'll go to sleep in a little bit no right
1: now oh let's most calls involved unintentional overuse in boys under five years of age and were managed at home.
2: Are the ones, is it chewable stuff? Like probably. because they're yeah. like a little bit sweet yeah. and chewable. Yeah.
3: And yeah. For kids yeah, probably got the bottle and ate it all.
2: Yeah, just like those old kid vitamins oh, think that are that like that's what happened.
1: They got a hold of the bottle because I was yeah. like, how could, how could you born have born. A melatonin toxicity? So maybe that's what happened. Maybe the kids got like, i, I yummy. can tell
3: you. I I eat uh, my vitamins gummies and it's always so tempting to like just
1: have more than, than one. Call it a
3: snack. And- yes. You
1: know something funny? I used to get the these um these uh B, it was uh B complex gummies. They were so delicious. I remember I
2: those. This,
1: like, snack on them. Snack on them. It was like hair, skin, and nail um something. <laughs> And I was like, I can't buy this anymore because I can't help myself. They're so delicious. I just eat them like they're a snack and I, I don't want to have some sort of or like toxicity. like Paul's It's, you know, you
3: don't need Yeah, so or
1: like Ricola or... or something yeah. like that where you just like...
3: Where you just like like it. Because yeah. they're
1: just so dang
3: tasty. I'm
2: surprised you guys like those that much. Oof.
1: Um, well, Certain I mean, flavors. yeah, I like the lemon ones.
2: Those ah. are... Ah.
1: That's the only one that I, that I do buy is the lemon one. Um, but I still, but the, they're still there. Like the, the bag is still there. Like even the last time when I had COVID and I was sucking on those, I still have the bag. I just, hide all right. It.
2: You didn't go through the whole bag. There's no, a-
1: <laughs> yeah, I just, I just had a few, I have to hide it though, because of my, my little one, she'll get yeah,
2: it. Cause that's yummy. If you're not used to sugar, kids just have yeah. an insatiable appetite for sugar.
1: And a lot of adults too. Mm. So should we take a break? Yes. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. And we're back. And. Let's talk about the silent spread of polio in New York.
2: Yikes. What
1: now? Yeah, they found it in the, the, the wastewater or the sewage or something like that. That's where they're finding this stuff now. No, they're they, finding did, it...
3: they did find one case. Well, they, they found
1: did. one case. Okay, so let me get into it. A polio yeah. case identified in New York last month is just the very, very tip of the iceberg. an ind- and an indication there must be several hundred cases in the community circulating The case was found in Rockland County, which has a stunningly low polio vaccination rate. Dr. Jose Romero, director of CDC's National Center for Immunization and Respiratory Diseases, noted that the majority of people with polio don't have symptoms and so can spread the virus without knowing it. A team of CDC disease detectives traveled last week from agency headquarters in Atlanta to Rockland County and they are quite nervous that polio could mushroom out of control very quickly and we could have a crisis on our hands, said a community health leader who has met with the team. Polio can cause incurable paralysis and death, but most people in the U.S. are protected thanks to vaccination. Others, however, may be vulnerable to the virus for a variety of reasons. Unvaccinated and under-vaccinated people are vulnerable, and the polio vaccination rates in Rockland County and neighboring Orange County, just north of New York City, are about 60% compared with 93% nationwide by age two. Immune compromised people can be vulnerable even if they are fully vaccinated. Hmm. Hmm. This doesn't speak well of us as a nation.
3: Wouldn't you agree?
1: A disease we eradicated in 1979 is making a comeback. Okay. That's ridiculous.
3: But I'll, I'll tell you, this This is kind of... To
1: this, come back and cripple those children.
3: All, okay, first of all, uh, I want to talk about... Um, two things I want to talk about is... The first thing is that we monitor the wastewater just to make sure... Here in New York, just to make sure these diseases... And we can tell how much of the disease is rampant or not rampant or going on. Uh-huh.
1: And some any of, new variants that are coming down the Yeah, pipe. some of it is no pun cool intended.
3: that we do it, uh, but some of it is a little big brotherish too. It's a little creepy that they're going through our wastewater. It's almost like they're picking through our garbage and and seeing what we're eating and and giving us But
2: isn't that, hasn't that become like a standard public health thing?
1: Yeah. It has. Because it's it's not like people are volunteering to come forward and and get tested. People are barely vaccinating as it is.
3: Yeah, so let me me get into the demographics of Rockland County, and I'm not going to say which groups with an S, and I'm I'm stressing the yes because there's two religious groups there that oh, make a, say a no large. More. Say that, no more. Well, two of them, and they make a large percentage of the population when you add the two groups together, and both are extreme anti-vaxxers.
2: Anti-vaccine, yeah. Yes,
3: anti-vaccine, and they, you know, when these groups do this for now, it's becoming multi generation mm-hmm. um, Oh. One of the they fled New York. Was the city schools were demanding vaccines. vaccinations Yeah, yes. And they basically took up their camps and said, "We'll show you." Went to Rockland County, which was a little friendlier, I would say, in terms of them setting up their own schools. Own schools, right? Yep, and well, home schools and their own schools, and uh, and vaccines. I remember there was
1: a little construction kerfuffle for some time because they were building the types of buildings that they built. That they're used to building and it yeah, wasn't here in, in keeping. Yeah, in New York, it's like... It wasn't in keeping with the area. Well, if it you wasn't, go there,
3: you know, and yeah. the area itself It wasn't is,
1: contextual.
3: Yeah, the area itself is like the wide open plains. You get mm-hmm. a house every every mile almost, mm-hmm. you know? And they're and then buildings. all of a sudden you see this cluster of buildings and you go <laughs> like New York. It's like, yeah, okay, so our it. bad architecture made it here. And it's just like... <laughs> It's like in the middle of nowhere, and then you see like these buildings and a cluster of them. And I, it, it was
2: like cut and paste, huh?
3: Yeah, <laughs> and you much. wonder, like, <laughs> what? It's like one of those sci fi movies where, like, you're uh, <laughs> it's, or, or like Wanda or whatever on sci fi where some, <laughs> it's, you, they're like, what is this all about? Um, oh. So there's a few of those. Enclaves. So your point
1: is, is that it's been being driven by certain well, populations.
3: I think it's, well, it's not only the certain population that now this has become multi-generational. Uh-huh. And it's multi-generational, no vaccine. So, you know, if nobody in your community is vaccinated. Oh, boy. come out. It's just going to, somebody's going to bring it in from somewhere. And all of a sudden, there you go. You got case one and then then, you know, unfortunately these vaccines are only 90, 95% uh, effective. So think of it this way. How
2: long are they accurate for? I mean, how long are they effective for? So like, I know I haven't had a polio vaccine since I was like a kid, I'm pretty sure. The New York
1: City's actually doing boosters right now. They're recommending- For adults? No, for children, because children are, I mean, you know, I I, I haven't seen any adult, suffering from polio unless they had it from childhood. From childhood.
3: Yeah, I, yeah you know, yeah. I, I don't so, know enough so, about the disease to even tell you the symptoms for an adult for a kid, yes. But.
1: It's the this skinny little legs and you mm-hmm. you lose your ability to walk.
2: I remember iron lung and all that stuff. Yeah. Like all that footage. Yeah,
3: and, and you know, they were a lot. not
1: that Isn't that what well, took shoes up, were uh, very President kind. Roosevelt, Delano? Yes, Roosevelt.
3: Roosevelt.
2: yes, that's right. He got polio. Yeah, that's right.
3: Yeah. But he had it as a, as an older adult.
2: Right. You could get it as an older person, as a grown up. Yeah. That's why. But I guess it was just famously more devastating or somehow it just seems like more kids see. Wait, he got
1: it. it as an adult? Yes. Oh, wow.
2: Yeah, he was in the prime of health and he got it.
1: Oh, that's right. He was yeah, he was quite the athlete. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yes.
3: Mm.
1: Well, yeah. So they're 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 vac- the push is to vaccinate children. I have to read the.
3: Again, we are gonna get into one of these. I have to
1: read the Department of Health. Um, Can
3: we force you know? No, uh,
2: because there's a lot of religious and uh, exemption, etc.
1: And there's a lot of objection, and there's a lot of exemption. uh, uh, Exemption has nothing to do with religion. It's just like my immune system is terrific, and I ah. We've got what is it called? Conscientious objection. Ah, yes, that's it. Where people are just like,
2: I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. You guys have that in New York? Oh, absolutely. We didn't have that. I don't think we have that in New Jersey. Not for nothing. We have, um, what do we, you could have a religious exemption. I think you have to say something is your personal religious belief in Mm -hmm. order. I don't think there's medical exemption.
1: Now it's just, I just don't want to do it. You know? Wow. Yep. And that's, and that's it. And that's why we have all this disease spread, all these diseases Mm -hmm. coming back that we had eradicated with vaccination um but I think that started with that what was that it was the autism the Mm -hmm. whole thing with the guy and he he did the article about autism and it made a lot of people really scared about getting vaccinated remember that was
2: for the MMR yeah oh yeah yeah yeah.
1: they published it in the Lancet or one of those big publications It became like a huge deal, and I think they had to strip the guy of his credentials and credentials
3: stuff. Credentials, and he was related somehow to one of the Kennedys. Oh, it became a whole mess.
1: And yeah. that is where the genesis of this anti-vax movement began. People were like, "I don't want my child to get um, autism," and they avoided. And they, you know, they said to themselves, "Hey, you know what? My kid is okay. My kid hasn't gotten that sick. My kid is perfectly healthy." I'm just going to continue to rock with this, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, and that's where it began. <sighs> what are you going to do? I still think this doesn't speak well of us as a nation. I think we all have a responsibility to one another. There's a reason it's called herd mentality. I'm sorry. Herd immunity. Herd
3: immunity. Right. The herd mentality. You said it right. The
1: herd <laughs> uh, that's what we don't want. Herd,
3: herd immunity. Cause we yes, got the dumb go. ass heading to her. Thank
1: you. There we go. What has 308 pages and discusses everything from pregnancy to Medicare Part B? It's the proposed rule from the Department of Health and Human Services implementing the non-discrimination parts of the Affordable Care Act, or ACA. Uh The proposed rule, which was published in August in the Federal Register, implements Section 1557 of the ACA, which addresses non-discrimination in health care. The Biden administration has interpreted that section of the act very expansively, which means that the rule would cover a wider range of healthcare providers than it did under previous administrations. For example, it will apply to Medicare Part B providers for the first time and will require physicians to not be discriminatory in all these ways. Mary Tomasek, JD, JDMPH clinical instructor at the Harvard Law School Center for Health and Law, Health Law and Policy Innovation in Cambridge, Massachusetts agreed. This proposed rule is a lot stronger and a welcome change for many, she said, adding that it expands protections for several groups, including people who are LGBTQIA. Discrimination manifests itself in the healthcare system in many ways. Patients can face physical or linguistic barriers when they try to access care. Some patients have health insurance that will categorically exclude care related to gender dysphoria or other diagnoses. We've also seen patients have insurance plans that will take groups of drugs used to treat a certain chronic condition like HIV and put those drugs on the most expensive formulary tier, leaving the patient and a provider with no affordable options for treatment.
2: Wow. I know
1: it's pretty, the proposed rule will result in a very strong final rule that prevents these situations from happening and where it doesn't explains how people can seek redress. So wait a minute. I just want to know. So how do you stop people from being prejudiced or
3: biased?
1: Hmm. How how do we?
3: Obviously with the 308 page edict. Uh-huh. That's very heavy. Let me tell you. And they hit you over the head with it. it
1: <laughs> that's a very tall order because the view on who is worthy to cry discrimination is so narrow nowadays. Don't you think? It's like you have to be like a an underserved uh, population. You have to be a person of color almost. I'm just wondering, like, what if what if you're a patient that doesn't recognize that it's happening to you, right? Yeah. Then I what mean, do you do?
3: A lot of people just take it for granted, or just you know turtle up and and and, and just forget about it. Just say it that. took
1: me years to personally like to recognize when I was being discriminated against. Mm-hmm. And when I look back on some.
0: For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
2: Well, the issue—not that I. Sleep. Yeah, that takes a certain amount of life experience and right. just like wisdom. Exactly.
1: And I wasn't really raised that way because I didn't really have right. growing up, and it's not until I got older and went out into the world. But I—I I took me a long time to recognize it. For
2: yeah, me. you have to know what you're looking at. You don't always know what you're looking at.
1: And then if you're a woman and your doctor's gaslighting you because you're a young woman complaining about pain, is that covered or do you have to be a young woman of color for it to be apparently not covered? That's, and that's what I'm, this, this is what I'm I'm trying to get at that. Does this go far enough? Does this, does this, how do you legislate that though? That's what I'm trying to figure out. It all sounds very wonderful and pie in the sky it it sounds
3: wonderful but let me let me just give you my perspective here Mm -hmm. if this was a three-page edict they say yep it's understandable clearly written and it's going to work it's a 308 page thing
1: it's a tone
3: yeah a manifesto i mean honestly manifesto yeah well (laughs) nobody's gonna understand it and god knows what's in there and i'm sure it's contradictory or unclear stuff yeah Probably. You know, people that don't know how to write or, or do these very long-winded, complex,
1: and lawyers you know, are just pick right through it.
3: Lawyers are going to have a field day with it, like as you say. I, I, I feel that if this was a three-page edict, I'd pay attention to it. Three hundred eight pages, nobody's going to know what the heck it says.
1: What do you think, Jackie?
2: Well, what I, what I'm going to ask is, so are you saying this is just window dressing? It's like, <laughs> look, we're getting things done to look busy.
1: Um, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that in theory, it sounds really good. I'm wondering if, if in practice, it will actually do what it purports to do. Okay. Who, who does it actually protect when they were creating these 308 pages? Who did, you know, like, like, you know, in law, they always say, well, the founding fathers didn't envision this when they wrote this. And that. Right. People always say that who did they envision mm-hmm. they were protecting when they created this? Who did they have in mind? That's the question that I'm asking. How do you legislate prejudice? How do you legislate I think, bias? I think
3: they have themselves Everybody in mind. has themselves in personal mind, bias themselves in mind,
1: and everyone has blind sides.
3: And well, the reason it's themselves in mind, they won't want to have their name on it so they can say, "Oh, I okay, passed some legislation," but it, it doesn't work that way.
1: I mean, do you see? Do
2: you see uh, the benefits of it? I'm not but saying if that- you if you <laughs> put it down, then you can be like, "See, there is." You know, it says specifically right here, this group cannot be discriminated against for this reason. If you don't, if you don't, you know, if you don't make a tome, Mm -hmm. then, um, you know, then it's not, it's not quantified. Somebody's got to like specify and point to a rule, Don't you think?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I just, you know, want to make sure that um, everybody who has experienced 'Cause look, the the young white woman who who got gaslit by her doctor only to find out months later and three doctors later that she actually right. had cancer and it wasn't in her mind. What does does she does she get protected by that? I guess
2: that would fall under the category of malpractice, but not this necessarily. Oh. But why not? Well this
1: see is not,
3: this is technically- cause
2: it's ageism. <laughs>
3: right. This is technically more like I don't know if this is actionable in terms of lawsuits. Uh, I'll give you an example here that the, that the medical okay. does follow. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the societies come out with their guidelines, which we know are very important because that's what doctors use to treat you uh, so that they don't get sued, because if they're treating you within the guidelines, it's very, very difficult to sue them, because they go in court and says, "Well, our profession's guidelines are blah blah blah
2: ah.
3: Who's going to challenge, you know, ASCO the
1: or the AMA or, right. or ACC or ACOG or something? Yeah.
3: What they found though was that these guidelines were so complex that it did lead to lawsuits because physicians couldn't fathom them, or they were contradictory. You got to. Pay oh, for-
2: they were afraid to. Uh, they they misinterpret it.
3: Right. So then, what they started doing, and not only started doing, they still do this, was they went out to professional publishing companies. And the professional publishing companies would publish what was called the pocket guidelines, which is just basically the guidelines stripped down to what a practitioner needs to know and do. And the the whole guidelines are there, but- So it's
2: like in a pamphlet instead of a tome.
3: Yeah, they call it pocket because it would fit in your pocket. But basically they were a a page and a half or something like that of what, what the important stuff is. You know, and and on hypertension, is if it's over, if your cholesterol is over 130, monitor. And if it's over 140, I'm sorry, blood pressure, if your blood pressure is over 130, uh, you know, do suggest the statin unless A, B, and C are present. You know, it's down to that simple simplicity. But I don't see this 308 page document being distilled with that and it, it, it's right well, we forward.
1: don't know because we haven't looked you know through the pages but
3: i, I can guess anything that's
1: <laughs> i just want to make sure that that all people are protected and also mm-hmm. you know there there's sometimes there's a fine line between bias or prejudice mm-hmm. and um, you know, kind of defeatist, like, well, the insurance is, I know the insurance is not going to pay for this. So I'm not even going to order this. To ah. I mean, does that fall under prejudice necessarily? No. So I, I'm, I, I'm looking to see what this does. I'm looking to see who this helps. I,
2: I hope it does the right thing. It, it says in the 300 pages, it explains how people can seek redress. Redress for what though? for, uh, prejudice, <laughs> but is it- you're right. I don't know. It's 308 oh, my,
1: but my question is, But my question <laughs> is, is it prejudice? If your doctor looks at you age 20 and says, I know her insurance is not going to cover this test. They're going to say she's too young for it. So I'm not even going to bother. I'm not even going to bother ordering it because she's going to be stuck with this bill and they're just not going to pay for it. And she looks fine to me.
2: Well, that okay. falls under the category of like, well, you don't fall into the category of age. Um, right, that's, but, that's they, but that's But That's, that's what I'm Lou was just saying. But that, would, but that would be, okay, so then what, what's, the, the,
1: what's the redress then against the insurance companies? Because oftentimes some of this comes down to what you think the insurance is gonna cover. Is that on the provider or is that on the insurance? Do you see what I'm saying? Like there's yes. some great areas. Now
2: I'm starting to really see it. Yes.
1: Yeah, there's okay. some great areas that people are still going to really fall through the cracks. And that's why I think this is going to be really difficult. I agree with Lou that- it, Well, how
2: would I you fall? That's would that's you happening. say that's Would you say that's ageism?
1: Well, I would say that's ageism, but I'm okay. not sure that that's where that particular doctor is coming from. Do you see what I'm right. saying? Uh, they may not be thinking that at all. They may be looking at, Based on their experience with this insurance, this insurance is just not going to pay for it. I'm not going to burden this person with this bill and dealing with the insurance, and so I'm just not going to bother um, ordering that that test. But does that make them prejudiced? Does that make them ageist? Not necessarily. So you see what I'm saying? Like this, so yeah, many-
2: that really makes it more of a. Health insurance issue, right? I don't want burden, though. I don't want to. It's going to get denied, right? I don't want
1: to... And and this is talking strictly about providers and health centers. This is not covering the insurance, at least not as far as I've seen here, because a lot of this sometimes comes down to whether the insurance is going to cover it or not. Sure. And sometimes that's where the the decision line falls, unfortunately. <sighs> so. I'm going to take the wait and see approach and I want to see what kind of lawsuits, if any, comes out of this. Um, I hope it, you know, it makes the change that it's purporting to make. And we'll, we'll see what happens. Time's going to tell, you know, uh, let's hope it makes the improvements. I feel like some of this is kind of bandaidy stuff and to make people feel better. Uh, time will tell. We'll see. Okay. You know? Um, so we'll take another break and we'll come back back. And we're back. And, um, So hopefully the last segment leads into the subject of this week's topic, infertility, blind spots, in medicine. So as editor-in-chief of Urban Health today, one of my jobs is to create health disparity overviews for our health partners. And um, what they do with it is they present it to companies looking to learn about the the disparity landscape for certain diseases. But an interesting one um, that we worked on this week was on infertility. So listen to this. And this is how, this is where it goes back to the HHS's um, barring discrimination in healthcare thing. I just want you to, to listen to this. So infertility is defined as the inability to conceive a pregnancy after 12 months of regular unprotected vaginal intercourse. Assisted reproductive technology is a tool that can be used to effectively address infertility. The challenges lie in properly identifying patients to qualify for access to the technology across a myriad of fertility cases. Awareness of the needs of all fertility challenge groups is crucial to improving access. So let's look at the fertility landscape. Numerous studies have substantiated differences in ART outcomes between non-Hispanic blacks and non-Hispanic whites. LGBTQ plus patients have specific needs and experience barriers to access to art care. Example one, queer women were likelier than straight women to delay childbearing or having fewer children, but were more likely to report delays or cancellations of contraceptive or sexual reproductive health care by providers. Healthcare professional bias in reproductive care assume queer women patients are not at risk for pregnancy or STI transmission. Untrained HCPs may fail to address transmasculine and non-binary patients' needs regarding how hormonal birth control containing estrogen or progesterone may interact with gender-affirming testosterone, and whether testosterone alone is a contraceptive, which we should know it's not. Male factor infertility is responsible for infertility in approximately a third of couples with Black men having the highest rate of abnormal semen analysis. Men are rarely treated prior to entering a fertility clinic, despite recommendations from the American Society of Reproductive Medicine that both partners receive infertility evaluation at the same time. Female cancer patients exposed to chemotherapy are at greatest risk of future infertility. Despite this outcome predictor, disparities in counseling of female cancer patients for fertility preservation, FP, treatment prevail. Now, let's look at the insurance.
3: Mm.
1: Despite agreement across multiple international medical organizations and professional societies, infertility is rarely treated as a disease in most insurance plans. The Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act enumerates multiple essential benefits that must be covered by applicable insurance policies, but infertility care is not listed as an essential health benefit. Insurers in the United States have long considered infertility a socially constructed condition, making in vitro fertilization, or IVF, an elective intervention. As a result, IVF is cost prohibitive for many patients in the U.S. The American Society for Reproductive Medicine estimates that fewer than 25% of infertile couples have sufficient access to infertility care. Isn't that crazy?
2: Yeah, and it's freakishly expensive.
1: Oh my God. Black women who represent almost 8% of reproductive age women in the United States are underrepresented among IVF recipients. Art procedures per million non-Hispanic Black women age 15 to 44 for insured Black women stands at 0.27%, not 27%, 0.27%, Wow! far below the national average of 0.44 and the average for non-Hispanic white women of 0.52%. Insured Hispanic women showed the lowest scores overall with an average of 0.17%. Limited access to state mandated insurance may be contributory. LGBTQ patients plus patients are more likely than straight patients to be uninsured. But even insured patients who visit medical providers who provide competent care may still face insurance denials due to gender markers in their patient profile. For example, an insurer could deny a transmasculine person seeking birth control coverage because, despite the presence of female reproductive organs, contraceptive care does not align with what the insurance plan categorizes as male or men's health services. Male infertility is rarely covered by insurance. Despite both sperm and eggs being required for conception, only eight of the 15 states with um, laws mandating insurance covered for infertility for men have legislative language that mentions the male partner. Men whose insurance does not cover male factor infertility will be less likely to receive needed infertility evaluations if their care is not a covered service. Excluding the male partner leaves the burden of reproductive care on the female partner and risks missing important reversible or irreversible male health conditions, such as testicular or prostate cancer, diabetes or hypothyroidism. Most newly diagnosed cancer patients do not meet the definition for infertility to qualify for FP treatment. They are in a unique situation because they know they are at high risk for infertility from their treatments. But they aren't infertile at the time; they need the services. With the rise in younger women being diagnosed with cancer, this scenario is becoming increasingly prevalent across the U.S. Okay, so what do we think?
2: Is it going to be a case where only the wealthy can afford? Is that are not- going to be getting? Um, Isn't that yeah? Not- that seems to be the case already.
3: Yeah, Would they mean be more wealthy and less poor. I mean, is
2: that that? Come on. Guys, you can do better.
3: Than no, this. I, I.
2: I don't know anybody, by I, the way, who hasn't been affected by infertility in some capacity. That's what everybody I mean. has a relative, or knows somebody who's had it in in, in some way. So
1: the bottom line is the insurance has not they have not held their had their feet held to the fire. Even the federal government has not um, stepped into this uh, to.
2: Also, this. I think it's a huge money maker. I just think it's a really good industry. If you you know. If you're the doctor and the that uh, clinic i think that's a very interesting and um you know you make you you can make a good living if you're a top-notch fertility specialist
1: yeah am you, i wrong no you're right and I, that's I, a
2: good specialty
1: insurance doesn't cover it and you've got to come up with the cash and you don't have to so you're not incentivized as the provider necessarily to well, petition well, the insurance well, to pay because
3: uh, I think you that, have
1: a lower patient load and yeah. they're paying you cash money. And,
3: and I think it's like there's, plastic surgery. there's a lot to unravel here. It's like an onion when you really start peeling. Right. it. There's a, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of factors starting with the, uh, with the Hispanic, my people um, that a, you know, that we have the biggest problem when mm. you look at all the groups Right. and B, knowing culturally is just something that's not spoken of. It's a, oh you know it's a, people are shamed if they can't if they can't right. do it so so at the end of the day you know they they'll hide the fact that this is not happening by saying oh we're just not trying or, or by praying to
1: papadios
3: oh we've decided not to have any or papadios as you say or god uh, for those uh, right. uh, that's uh, one of the spanish uh, uh, in- 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 inclinations so it's just not discussed and going to the doctor may be something shameful for the couple to do. And as you said, it's really you know the recommendation is both go. So mm-hmm. the man may think, well, it's your problem. You know, that's you know. In, but in, that's
1: that that's kind of the attitude that's taken. That this is strictly women. So now, mm-hmm. because and it may very well be the man.
3: Thirty-three percent of the time, it's the man.
1: Right. Because it's because the men are not being tested, the women now have to go through all this additional testing. Uh,
2: I had an aunt. Yeah, yeah that was her but it situation. It may not even be her. Yeah. It probably wasn't my aunt. Yeah. But yeah. Right. She had to go through tons and tons. And that was years ago, years ago. Mm-hmm. So that was like the, the the dosages were so much higher back then because they didn't really know about how to like you know, they overdid it on the hormones. They didn't necessarily know the proper balance. Mm-hmm. And think of all the people now out there who just have like mild to like a little bit of PCOS. That is so common. Yeah. That's so common. And, um, and that's really only gonna be more people with all the endocrine disruptors out there with just um, more people with type two diabetes, all that stuff affects fertility, more people with thyroid issues, this is only going to be a growing area. More people are going to have difficulty with infertility.
3: On the on the man side right now, um, you know, as you correctly said, uh, you know, diabetes, obesity, you know, and those affect uh, social groups many times that mm-hmm. uh, that are, you know, have the least amount of insurance and have the least amount of resources. Right. And uh, you know, it costs a lot of money to eat healthy you know, it's like, uh, it's, it's difficult. Even if you make your own ketchup, I found out today, you still get <laughs> good, good ingredients, you know,
1: yeah, and, expensive. Uh, it's
3: stevia Stevia and, and, you know, organic tomato, but it costs you more to make the ketchup than it does it to buy the damn thing. So, so at the end of the day, um, a lot of people, some of this care may be beyond their, beyond their reach.
1: But the reason it's beyond their reach is what I'm trying to say is because the insurance industry has been given the carte blanche to, Mm -hmm. because think about the role of insurance. Insurance's role is to make as much money and pay as little as possible. And they've been given um, wide berth to deny all manner of stuff. Now, despite the fact, if, I'm, if you if you have a transmasculine patient, despite the fact that the medical records clearly shows the person has ovaries and does need contraceptive care, they're being denied. They're being denied. They're, they're not being denied because you're a man. They're being denied because insurance doesn't want to pay. And there's no one to... holding their feet to the fire okay, to the, say that you physician... need to pay.
3: Remember, your average physician So again,
1: is But again, this goes back to, right,
2: but again- Wait, Is that what it is? Is it the 55 year old average age insurance uh,
3: was, provider? No, the average the average physician is 55 years old. And I'm just saying uh, that The
1: average specialist or the average-
3: Physician. The last what time kind I checked- of spe- was What it, kind was of it, physician? Any type of physician. Okay, so the because average age- So of
2: office- you think that they have maybe like older way of thinking?
3: Well, you know, you were trained. Well, look, uh, this stuff didn't start coming out from now. If I would have gone to medical school, you know, the, the number of trans people, there was Christina Jorgensen.
2: Yes, that's and true, too. Three
3: trans people in the entire planet that we knew about. It wasn't. The
2: entire planet. Come on. That we knew about. That was public. That okay, was famous.
3: That was public. That okay. was public right. But, you, you know, it just didn't okay. happen that much. You mean and, people uh, weren't out about
2: it? We weren't aware of it okay, in the okay. in the public media. Oh, yeah,
3: yeah. And the, you know, it was such an outlier that you know it, it was it just wasn't covered in medical textbooks. And it's only now that it's it's starting to be covered, if it's covered at all, because I don't know. All I right. So then let's
1: let's let's pivot then to something that is very well covered: the fact that women who um, undergo breast cancer treatment lose their fertility.
3: Okay, yes.
1: Yeah. So they're in a catch twenty-two with the insurance because the insurance is slick like well oh, it's now.
3: Yeah. Well, they, so, they call it an elective or uh, they, they say, well, that's that's a social
1: even though the, the even though the, the, the science shows that they will they're at very high risk for losing their fertility, yeah. they won't pay for the for the FP
3: treatment. But I think this is this that is has not,
1: nothing to do with the age this of the, is the not
3: doctor. And I think that the oncologist needs. Yeah, to they do bear some responsibility, it. but
1: insurance has a lot of. You leeway. know, but
3: if the medical profession pushes insurance, insurance usually backs down. It,
2: really.
1: Oh. Mm, yes. The state has. If the state, if the state, okay. So, for example, here in New York, if you have um, the BRCA gene, one or two. The rule is, the law is, you as the insurance, you must say how high when the physician says jump. Mm -hmm. And that's the law of the land here in New York.
2: But that's because there were activists. Is that the activists or the doctors who came forward and said- I'm not sure,
1: but I I think it's a recognition that, you know, lives were being lost because of insurance doing their Mm tricky-dicky, not paying for this and not paying for that.
3: something becomes part of the medical guidelines- and treatment protocols and all that, which are very public. And these are official documents the societies do and they update them every three years. And when something makes it into that- But I'm know, not
1: sure that, I'm not convinced that this is across the country. Do you see what no, I'm there's saying? there's 20
3: states that I believe that say uh-uh, with, to, to us- And how many states 70,
1: do we have in this great nation?
3: 50. Okay. So
2: Wait, there's 20 states doing what? That say that fertility <laughs> must be covered? The, not fertility. Not,
1: that's only 15 states.
2: Yeah.
1: No, that say if you have a, you know, a mutation, a cancer gene mutation. Okay. That the insurance has to cover whatever these those expenses are, including um, surveillance.
3: But I I was referring to surveillance. Uh, and the insurance,
1: in some ways, have made a decision that it's cheaper to pay for the surveillance than it is to pay for the cancer care. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Uh,
2: because it's it's managed costs again, as opposed to managed care.
1: Right. But when you get into fertility, not so much, you know, so there needs to be, you know, a great deal of awareness in, and not only the blind spots that the the medical community, like, for example, Mm. I mean, imagine, you know, you're a queer woman and you can't get an appointment for your, um, your contraception because the doctor Mm. is assuming that, you know, well, you're only with women, what do you need contraception for? That's right. not their business. You, you don't know what I need it for. You know, so it's a combination. And so going back to the HHS 308 page tome, um, it still remains to be seen how effective that's going to be. That's right. all I'm saying. I'm right. saying right. that there's, there's all these, these little nooks and crannies of areas that
3: and i'm I, not sure and i think that you know also medical societies may need, need to kind of gang up on this uh, subject uh is we- that
2: where it comes from is it the medical society that comes forward that makes change
3: so. once they say something is so it, it, it may take a few years but it'll get done and what happens is that a lot of these patients are being treated by you know primary care physicians Barely you get to see an, uh, a specialist, a, a specialist, which is yeah. a gynecologist. Yeah. And remember, the fertility specialist is a specialty of a specialty. Right. So, so first,
1: yes.
2: it's, the yes. it's like and a fertility endocrinologist. endocrinologist.
1: Or the urologist. And then maybe the
0: endocrinologist right. so, or, and, or so the, the fertility. So the primary
3: care societies, the ACP, the American College of Physicians. Mm-hmm. That's, the AMA is everybody. But if you're a primary care doctor, you go to the ACP. Mm -hmm. Then you get sent to your your OBG, and the OBG society is called ACOG, and they have 50,000. So the ACP has about 200,000 members, and these people do bear a lot of uh, clout because they write a lot of scripts, and their economic power is very strong. Then you go to a a gynecologist, there's about 50,000 of those. And yeah, they do a lot of stuff. They do birth control. They write scripts, but they don't have the power that the ACP does. Mm. Because we're talking about economic power. That's just how it goes. Okay. Then the American Fertility Society, mm-hmm. which is a subsegment of ACOG, mm-hmm. but they're their own group because they don't always get along. There's all always- <laughs> Three or four thousand of those mm. in the entire United States mm-hmm. that just specialize in that. Mm-hmm. Now they start as an ACOG member, but then they went over to AFS, American Fertility Society. Mm-hmm. Their economic power is not so big. Yeah, not not where they can change, not where they can change insurance. However, they are valuable to the drug company, very valuable, because there's only two thousand of them, and those two thousand really do um, prescribe a lot of their product. But they can't change anything.
1: But would it be beneficial for them, for the information that they have to trickle down to the doctors that are referring to them and ultimately back to the primary care doctors? So they are much more knowledgeable. So now you have a bigger set of doctors that are invested in this. It all
3: goes into the probing. And the probing has to happen in primary care, nurse practitioner. You got to ask the question and the patient has to realize that those questions have to be asked.
1: Right, but that's I think that's part of the problem is that the questions are not being, not being asked because enough. there's not enough knowledge out there about the questions to ask, and a lot of this stuff needs to become normalized now. Right. The is touch- there a
2: reason, uh, why insurance would not want to cover fertility? It's just the sheer expense. They don't have to. Is there some disadvantage? They don't have to. They've is gone. there something? Is there something about not wanting people to start families? Is no. there like? no No, it's simply
1: dollars and cents they just don't want to cover it
2: well is having people start families does that just increase you won't die from
1: not
3: having a family
2: oh that's it okay they
3: die from it's not not
2: life or death right Right.
3: they look at it as a selective process and they they put it in the same category as a facelift or plastic surgery yeah i mean it's that you know like which is
2: outrageous
3: but it's ridiculous
2: yeah Wow. Meanwhile, how? yeah, that's why they say they're saying it's social, it's cultural. But that's painful. Yeah. The family is so fundamental to so many people.
1: But, you know, more of these medical societies need to band together and make a powerful fist and, and strike back.
2: So they're really saying that it's a privilege, not a right.
1: That's exactly what they're saying. And that's exactly why it is the way it is. It is a privilege for some people. Not, But it should be open to many more people. And insurance can make that happen. So look, go to Urban Health Weekly for the links to these articles. Um, I think you'll find a lot of this stuff uh, very eye-opening. And remember, you only have one life and one body. Do your best to make it count so your years are full of life and full of health. Remember, people, information equals transformation. So small steps each day and you'll see a difference. I'm sure of it. That's all the time we have today. My lovely people. It's so good to see you and um, see you. It's so good to talk to you. (laughs) It's so good to see you guys. Well, talk to you
2: guys.
1: (laughs) And I'll talk to you guys again next week.
2: All right. Bye, guys.
1: Bye. All right. I'm Tamara Thomas, editor-in-chief of urbanhealthtoday.com, part of the Dakwar family of medical news sites. And I want to thank you for tuning in to Urban Health Weekly. Our goal each week is to keep you informed of the latest in health and medical news right from today's headlines. It's time to empower yourself with open conversations about your medical care with news that matters to you. So are you ready? Let's get started.